welcome back to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. In today's episode, Tony takes the reins and leads the team through a conversation about living with the Holy Spirit. And of course, in this conversation, we have our favorite special guest host, Dr. Pete Bellini. In this episode, there are great stories and practical tips for how we can more deeply surrender to the Lordship of the Holy Spirit and let Him guide us through our Christian walk. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today to be back here with the crew. Let's do a quick round of introductions, starting to my left. Maggie Elmer. Matt Reynolds. Pete Bellini. Emma Winchester. And I'm your host, Tony Meltenberger. Today we're excited to talk about another nuance of the Holy Spirit. Margaret, a.k.a. Maggie, why don't you tell us a bit about it? Today we're going to talk about... What it means to usher in uh, the Holy Spirit into our personal lives. So I, I'm, I mean, that could mean a lot of things. I'm hoping that we'll get to talk about some things like baptism in the Holy Spirit and what it means to walk in the, uh, to have a, to walk in the Spirit. And yeah. So I think this episode is probably going to be perfect if you have that feeling deep inside of you that is like, I know that there's more. Heck yeah. And so we're going to get to more today. Dr. Bellini, let's start with you. When we talk about the essence of being filled with the Holy Spirit, first of all, where are we getting that from theologically, and how do you define it? Well, I think um, that language is New Testament. Paul in Ephesians uh, tells us to be filled with the Spirit. And we, that's, a, that's an injunction, that's a command to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, of course, we see that in the book of Acts, that they wait, and we're coming up on Pentecost, aren't we? Uh, to wait in Jerusalem until you are you know, endued, in, immersed, and empowered with the Holy Spirit so that you could be my witnesses. Uh, so it, it's scriptural language to be filled with, uh, with the Spirit. And I think uh, there's a lot of different angles we could take on that. Um, it, it, it means that you know, we're empty. We surrender, we're yielded, and the Spirit of God uh, fills us. We're full of God, so we could have that. There's kind of that uh, spatial sort of reference to it. I think it also could mean we're under the Spirit's control, that God is, uh, by the Holy Spirit, is, is filling us, yes, but leading and guiding us. Uh, God's calling the shots. You know, We're following the Spirit. We're being Spirit-led, so you get Spirit-filled, Spirit-led. A lot of these, of course, uh, you know, come together. So I think it's, it's biblical language. It's New Testament language. And I think that the church has to answer the bigger question, and that is, who is the Holy Spirit, and what do you do with the Holy Spirit? Those are the bigger questions. I think the Holy Spirit has often been neglected in uh, mainline churches and in evangelical churches because either— um, I guess they have different reasons, I think, why mainliners, you know, would, would not know what to do with the Holy Spirit or reduce the Holy Spirit to an abstraction and why evangelicals may think of the Holy Spirit and, and not be as excited as, as we are because maybe they think, I don't want to be like that person. And by that person, you mean? You know, that, that, that Pentecostal person that's shouting and rolling in the aisles with the lampshade on their head and... <laughs> getting crazy and losing control. I don't want to be a flake. I don't want to be weird. I don't want to stand. We live in a day and age where people are so insecure to stand out socially that they just feel so comfortable being uh, 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 being sheeple. Sheeple? <laughs> Amen. That's true. That's totally true. Uh, I don't know how many church services I've been in where people are even, they feel, um, you know, 
too nervous to even raise their hands. Right. So so self-conscious we've become. So, um, and I love when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't become self-conscious. You're God-conscious. All the matters, I'm filled with the Lord, you know. But I think who, you know, who is the Holy Spirit? And, and the evangelicals could probably answer some of that on paper they know. Mainliners, it's hard to tell where they're going to come from because a lot of them have drifted from the tradition of the church historically. And then, you know, you're going to get focused, you know, who is the Holy Spirit? But more importantly, even then, because you may get some of the evangelicals to tell you, but what do you do with the Holy Spirit? They don't know. Well, I already have the Holy Spirit. I'm a Christian. No one could say Jesus is Lord unless they have the Holy Spirit. Granted, that's biblical. But is that all? Is that all there is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I think that's a good point. Is that all there is is a question that a lot of us wrestle with. And I think understanding that is kind of our our task today. Um Matt, I, I wanted to ask, how did you know that you were full of the Holy Spirit? Could you tell us that story a little bit about your kind of moment, your aha moment where you knew that you were full of the Holy Spirit? Cuz I think there are people listening right now who are like well, I don't know. Am I full of the Holy Spirit, or did I just eat a bad burrito? Or am I full of something else? Right. That's right. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, that puts me on the spot. Thank you, Tony, for that. <laughs> but that's good. Um, there's a My relationship with the Holy Spirit has been in different phases in my life. So I think I've, I, I'm not sure that if I've shared on this podcast before or not, but I I've shared a little bit that when I was in uh, visiting a youth group in high school, um, I was at this prayer meeting basically in a barn with a bunch of high school students, and I was praying in a very intense way, and all of a sudden, like, um, these sounds started coming out of my mouth that I didn't know what it was. And I had not grown up in a charismatic church. I didn't have a framework. I never even—I didn't know what speaking in tongues was. Um, it just happened to me, and I had to go and learn about it after the fact um, because it was just the supernatural grace of God just coming upon me in this prayer meeting. And um, all I knew in the moment was I didn't know what was happening. All I knew was the intense love of God, and I could sense his presence with me and that his spirit was with me, even though I didn't understand that particular manifestation. Now, I want to be clear. I don't. I don't think... Um, that tongues is the only sign of the Holy Spirit. So that doesn't, I'm, I do not believe that uh, you have to speak in tongues to have the Holy Spirit. I think that's a, um, that's a teaching in a certain wing of the church that I don't think is biblical. Uh, but for me, that was the, my first experience with kind of the supernatural presence of God in that way. Now, now what happened in my life, I haven't really told this story, is that uh because I was not in an environment where that was nurtured and because I didn't really understand it, I did go through a season of a number of years, actually, where that gift lay dormant in my life, where I didn't even, I didn't exercise it because I was, I wasn't taught anything about it. I, it, I prayed in tongues there for a little while in my private prayer time, uh, but I didn't really receive any teaching. And, and so actually that I didn't even exercised that gift for years and then I was back in another worship setting um, and I would have been in my early 20s and so I don't know it's probably five six seven years in between there where I was in this worship setting and again I had this deep conviction I I had a time of repentance in my own life for 
just I think my faith had really grown cold and um, when God kind of got a hold of me again I went forward for prayer and it happened again where I started praying in tongues and <laughs> I was like what in the world I wasn't expecting that again but it was like God reawakened this gift in me from my earlier teenage years and um, and then since that time so that's been you know a while ago now it's getting longer ago all the time I'm getting old I guess but uh, since that time, it kind of started me on a path of trying to really understand this, the work and person of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's always been in places where that wasn't the culture. So I've ever since that time, just until more in the last couple of years, have I really been around other believers who were also pursuing that same thing. But for a long stretch of my life, I was like kind of like, I joked with you, I was kind of like a closet charismatic because I've had these supernatural experiences. I would start to, I started to learn that I could hear the uh, voice of God through nudges, through images and these things. But I, I sort of just kept it to myself because I kind of thought I was like a freak or something. I was like the only one because I wasn't around other people who were doing that. And then... In fairness, you are, but uh, well, other reasons. Maybe. Then I met all of you crazy people <laughs> and I realized, hey... I'm not alone. And uh, so it's been more and more, you know, experiencing uh, the presence and power of the Spirit over the last four or five years, especially. But uh, that's a long, that's a long-winded answer. But really, um, it was an act of grace. It was uh, a moment of surrender in prayer. That's really, I think, when I experienced the sort of infilling of the Spirit was in a moment of repentance, an act of surrender in prayer, and sort of an openness to God, whatever you want from me. Like, there was this, like, the times where I've experienced sort of an additional fillings of the Spirit have always been in times where I sort of was willing to give up control and say, God, whatever you want from me, however you want to work, it doesn't have to fit in my little box. It's okay if it doesn't look the same as what it always has. It's in those moments where I feel like, I've been in a place where then the spirit is poured out in a new way. Amen. So uh, Dr. B, I want to go back to you. If, if somebody's trying to get that in their life, right? If somebody wants that kind of experience, what's the, what's the first step that you're pushing somebody on? I know that you've discipled lots of people and you've not only discipled them in a, in a theological framework, but also in a, um, a kind of a, a spirit led framework as well. H- how are you ushering in the Holy spirit? to somebody's life who's never experienced it before. But these are people who are Christian. You're yeah, saying. they're Christians. Right. They're, they're, they're probably somebody listening right now who grew yeah. up in the church, right. who understands the New and Old Testament, right. who's kind of been part of the frozen chosen for so long, but they feel like they want to break out. Right. How are we breaking out? Right. Well, like I said before, they need to start with who the Holy Spirit is and what are you going to do with the Holy Spirit. So... Well, if I'm working one-on-one with someone, we go to the scriptures, you know. Mm-hmm. We find out what does this, what is the Bible, what does scripture say about who the Holy Spirit is? Because I think there's a lot of ignorance there. And let's find out what, what the scriptures say. Let's find out what the gospels say and the letters say about who the Holy Spirit is. And what is Jesus offering us? What are we going to do with this Holy Spirit? So I would be studying scripture and telling them to study scripture. And I work with them and, and, and invite them to study the scripture. And then also take time to pray that scripture into your life involving repentance. 
because I think the key is, and you've heard me say this before, the number one reason why people don't experience more of the Holy Spirit is fear of losing control. And so our, our pride. So while they're reading and studying the scriptures with me and praying the scriptures into their life, going, Lord, you, you wrote it here. I want, I want it here in my heart. I want this. To begin to pray repentance of not giving up control, of taking control. of If we're being spirit-filled, where a lot of times it's us who's filling that hole, that gap, where the spirit needs to be. We're first, and God's always second when we need him. The Holy Spirit's second. Where the Holy Spirit becomes first and your second, obeying the Holy Spirit, the Lordship of the Holy Spirit. So having them repent and then uh, pray and pray for a hunger for true repentance and a hunger and thirst to be emptied so that they can be filled. Ultimately, that emptying is a consecration. It's an, it's an entire consecration. It's leaving everything on the altar. It's giving up things, usually that control, and that's what Holy Spirit will be dealing with in their lives. You know, Who runs your life? Who's calling the shots? Who's making the decisions on everything you do? And oftentimes it's, it's I'm number one. I'm first person. And the Holy Spirit's always there if I need God. You know, if I, if I get into trouble, if I can't handle it, mm-hmm. then I'll pray about it. But otherwise, well, I'm pretty self-sufficient. I'm an intelligent person. I can handle this and manage this on my own. we got to get out of God management. You cannot manage God. He's too big. So... Those are the big things that I that I would start with is scripture, repentance, prayer, praying for hunger and thirst. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, they will be they will be filled. And so I look at it like like this. You know, I'll give you two examples. Um one of them's food. A lot of my examples are food. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We yeah, love right. food. <laughs> But, like, when I go through a drive-thru, and I don't even do fast food that much, but uh, when I go through a drive-thru, if I go to Burger King or whatever, and I, I got to get me a big old Whopper, double Whopper, mm. or a triple Whopper, whatever, I'll order the Whopper, and triple then I'll order whopper. something along the side, the, the onion rings or the fries or something like that. And then I, I don't do the sweets, so I just get a water. And then it seems like the people that are in the uh, inside the, the, you know, the Burger King that are talking to me through the speaker always say, well... You know that, you know, you could just upgrade that and get uh, the whole meal and get the drink with that because you'd already paid for it. Why aren't you getting everything? And they kind of get frustrated that I'm actually turning a drink down. And they're probably right, but, I mean, in this sense, it's something that's sweet. But my point is, is Jesus paid for it. Mm. Amen. Why don't you want it all? Why don't you want it all? It reminds me of like, you know, when you go to uh, an amusement park like Cedar Point or Kings Island, you pay top dollar to get into those joints, right? I mean, an arm and a leg. You just cut it off right there and leave it at the gate because they take everything. (laughs) (laughs) But then I always used to tell my kids, I said, Daddy paid for a lot of money. Right every ride on this place because I want to get my money's worth. Well, that's the thing, you know. Amen. Jesus paid it all. Mm. You as a Christian are surrendering your life fully to God. You got the ticket. Ride every ride. Why don't you want to ride every ride, man? Don't you want what fully God has to offer you? The price has been paid. I want it, man. I want to ride every ride. I want my money's worth. So if there's something that Jesus has given us and, and, and I ain't getting it, man, I'm disappointed. I want what God has for me. It's in that book. I want it in my heart. I want it in my life then. Go ahead, Matt. 
Yeah, I just have a, a practical challenge for people. It made me think of this. When you're talking about starting with the Scripture, something that was transformational for me a number of years ago is I read through the book of Acts, and I just underlined every place where the Holy Spirit was mentioned or something supernatural happened. Right. And the thing that it did for me was it just it showed me, like, I mean, it's like every paragraph. Right. And what you realize is that in the early church, uh, the, the record that we have of the early church in the Scripture— the Holy Spirit is not a side issue. Exactly. It's not like a nice add-on to the Christian life. Well, like, it's cool, like, if you're a Christian and then, you know, those people, those those extra, little bit of extra people, they, they got a little extra Holy Spirit stuff thrown in. It's not like that at all. The Holy Spirit is the central actor yes, the norm. in the yeah. whole book. And the norm is the supernatural yes. life. Mm, right. And so, you know, I, one of my hearts for Spirit and Truth is that is that one of the things we could do as a ministry is help to just make the supernatural, spirit-filled life more normal. Like, this is the norm of what it looks like to be a Christian. And anything less than that is, um, it's just not in alignment with what you see in the Scriptures for people who are following Jesus. Right, the acts of the apostles are the acts of the Holy Spirit. Plain and simple, and that is that is the norm. This we're not talking about some extra benefit that some Christians are allowed to have and others don't, or like extra credit. You know, when your teacher give you a test and say, "There's a couple extra bonus point questions." You don't have to answer those though if you don't want to. If you want a mediocre, bland Christian life, you can have it. No man, she offers extra credit. I used to always take it, but a lot of students didn't. This is not extra credit. This is norm. So one of the things that um, that comes up, I feel like, a lot in the Gospels, obviously, but in the Book of Acts too, is is the idea of the the Holy Spirit being a sign of the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. Right. And I always think about that passage that where it says the Holy Spirit is the deposit, is that 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 thing that we get right now, and. I realized a long time ago, and just in my own journey with the Holy Spirit, I realized that I had to stop thinking of Christianity as a moral exercise that kept me on the path to heaven and start thinking about it as a uh, a life in Christ participating in the kingdom here and now. Mm. And I, I wonder if that's, I don't, you know, sometimes I have that conversation with people and they're surprised. They're like, well, what do you mean? I can have the kingdom of God right here and now. Hmm. I I don't think it's something that we think about very often. We don't have the right lens for it daily. And so, Emma, I'm going to come to you because I know you're a prayer warrior. And I wanted to ask the question, how do you live in uh, concert with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis? Like what, what are some of the daily things that you do to stay connected to the Word of God uh, in your heart? The first thing that comes to mind is, at least getting started, is praying breath prayers throughout my day. That is um, one of the best ways to practice just one acknowledging the Holy Spirit and then also listening to the Holy Spirit so throughout your day you can pray a short scripture over and over and over again and it releases the pressure that you have to sit down for an hour or two hours and pray for for whatever reason but it gives you the opportunity then to walk through whatever circumstance that you are in 
and for a minute or 30 seconds you pray a single thing over and over and over again and whether it's scripture or whether it's just father i belong to you or holy spirit i'm listening and then you give the next 30 seconds to you know just let everything come to rest and so that feels like the the number one way that i practice cooperating with the holy spirit throughout my day Dr. B, what about you? How, how do you, um, I mean, you obviously the most seasoned Holy Spirit practitioner in the room, <laughs> a.k.a. the oldest. <laughs> the oldest. Uh, the how, oldest. how are you at, at, uh, at your age now um, incorporating the Holy Spirit every day in your life? Because I would imagine it's different now than it ever has been before because you're, you're growing in concert with the Spirit as you grow in the faith. Right. In some ways it's changed, in some ways it hasn't. Uh, the basic formula, the basic recipe, like people like to look for, the secret sauce, whatever, is is already there in the scriptures, you know. Uh, I begin my day with prayer, not just going through the motions. I will not leave my prayer. I have a prayer chapel in my house, which makes it even more conducive for prayer and uh, the desire to want to pray. So in the morning when I pray, I will not leave my prayer chapel until I get a breakthrough, until I feel the presence of God and God releasing me to go. Because I know I can't afford not to pray. A lot of people say, man, you know, I'm busy. I got a lot going on. I can't afford to sit in my prayer closet like you for an hour or two. And I'm like, well, if you're going to live the kingdom life and follow the, follow Christ, follow the Holy Spirit, walk in the Spirit, you can't afford not to mm-hmm. pray. Otherwise, you're going to be out there on your own. You're going to get your clock cleaned. So I need to be with the Holy Spirit. I need to be in communion and fellowship. So I give God the time. You got to take time like the old hymn said, take time to be holy. Give God the time. You're not just there to put your ATM card in and get your your withdrawal and run off and go, thanks, God, I'll catch you later, which is what a lot of people do. And that's why you see in charismatic churches, everyone goes to the altar. They want your anointing. They want you to lay hands on them. They want to go to this conference and that conference to get the quick deposit without really paying the price. So you got to spend time with God no matter what, and it's not easy. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it is difficult. Prayer is one of the hardest things you'll ever do because you have to surrender, and it takes a lot of time. Uh, to, to unwind, to peel the layers of the onion till you really get to what's in your, your true heart. So I make sure that I pray. I pray scripturally, reading the Bible. I also have worship music on. I soak in the Spirit, soak uh, in, in worship. And um, I wait for God to speak to me. Whatever words that God gives me or leads me through the scriptures, I, I hold that in my heart throughout the day, and I make sure that I'm listening to God. Most people uh, struggle with hearing God, and especially hearing God when you're not in your prayer closet. So always to be focusing on the Lord that even though I'm in a conversation like we are now or I'm doing business, one ear is on the people around me, but my other ear is on God. So I'm always hearing him, and that enables me to walk in the Spirit because we live off of every word that comes from God's mouth, and I want to be hearing God. So hearing God is so important, and then more than just hearing, like the Hebrew concept of Shema, which it means hear, it also means hear in order to obey. I'm here, Lord, to, uh, to follow you. You are Lord, and I want the Holy Spirit to be Lord in my life, and it, it comes down to obedience. That's how I stay spirit-filled, because of being spirit-controlled, and in that sense, you know, I'm not walking in the flesh, I'm walking in the spirit, and uh, it's awesome, man. Then you're in Acts 29, and people always, you know, look at you like you're weird, or you're, you're you know, you're not from this planet and everything, because you're living in a different realm, or you're walking in the spirit. So how would you define walking in the Spirit? O- obeying the Holy Spirit's voice every step I take. 
So what does that look like practically? Like you get up in the morning, you pray, you have breakthrough, you leave your prayer chapel. It, it may be while I'm still praying. While oh, I'm yeah? praying, the Holy Spirit may say, pray for Tony, pray for Matt, pray for spirit and truth. Pray for, you know, the Roe v. Wade issue. So first of all, the Holy Spirit's guiding my prayer life so that I'm obeying him in that sense. So that would be a, a one practical thing. But it's usually in terms of service. I'm here to serve the Lord. He's not here to serve me. You know, I'm not just, the Holy Spirit isn't just like a gas uh, station where I go on occasion when I need him to fill my car up. He graciously fills me up, but I'm here to serve God and to please him and do what he wants. So being spirit-filled again, obeying him. And it could be any of those practical things that involve prayer, that involve serving someone. It may be the Holy Spirit tells me, your word, your wife needs an encouraging word today. Mm -hmm. He may reveal something to me about what she's struggling with. He says, she really just needs a hug today, and she needs an encouraging word. Boom. Then I'm going to go do what the Holy Spirit says. If I'm not listening to the Holy Spirit, I'm a typical guy. I mean, I'm not very sharp, especially <laughs> relationally. <laughs> I'm like a, you know, I'm like a cue ball. I'm not very smart relationally with, you know, as I ought to be. And I've learned my wife has trained me and taught me how to how to best love her in the way she needs to be loved. Praise the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> Amen. But that doesn't come natural, and I probably just not do any of those things. I mean, I would just assume she's like me. I'm low need. She's low need. She's you know, I don't need anybody to talk to me all day, bother me. Just leave me there like a vase on a shelf. I don't need to be bothered. You don't even have to water me. I'm like a cactus. But I may think my wife's like that, and she's and she's not. So I need to follow the Holy Spirit. Or when I'm with you all, maybe God's saying, hey, so-and-so needs to hear this from you. So-and-so needs a word of encouragement. So it's like Acts 29, man. It's not scripted. That's the point. Everyone wants a formula for the Holy Spirit. No formula. Get that out of your head. It means Holy Spirit is Lord, and you do whatever he says. Look at the book of Acts, how they are running around, man. They're in prison. They get thrown in jail. They sing their way out. They have a prayer meeting. They have a revival. They go to the next town. People all come to the Lord. They burn a bunch of witchcraft books. They get thrown in jail again. I mean, it's just like it's so unscripted. It's like jazz, man. <laughs> jazz, it's like a Friday man. night. It's like a Friday night. Must and be people, Tuesday. But people want that formula because, again, what's the problem? They still want to be in control. Yeah. Well, how can we fit that into our local church and make that practical? I, I don't know. I just, I just, you know, I just want to do a paint job on them at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh. so, so I, I think, I think we can. I'm sorry I, for getting a little neighborhood. No, no you're what, good. We love it. Let's take an offering. I'm yeah. here for it. Yeah. I think uh, I think we have all ha probably had the experience of going about our day and then all of a sudden feeling like we're derailed by the Holy Spirit in the middle of something that we just did not see coming, did not anticipate. Has that ever happened to you, Pete? Yes and no. Normally, no, because I'm not my mind and I'm not trying to be facetious or sound with hubris. I don't get it all the time, truly, but I'm trying to seek God so that when God's leading me, it isn't a surprise. Right. It isn't like God's got to break through and go, ha ha, surprise, I'm here. I got. He's got to drop a bomb on me. But there are times, though, where I feel I'm walking in the Spirit, and I may not be as I ought to, and then the Holy Spirit does kind of surprise me and share something with me that I wasn't, my, my radar wasn't honing in on that, and he's bringing something forth that I wasn't focusing in on. Well, I, I guess I'm thinking about those moments when Spirit and Truth goes to churches and we often, one of the ideas that gets spoken about is like, hey, 
the Holy Spirit will speak to you in the grocery store. He yeah. he will tell you to talk to people in the grocery store. Everywhere, yes. Right. So I'm just wondering if 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 you have a an incident or an experience like that that you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners. I mean, I've had this kind of thing happen all the time, but uh, one incident, there's a lot of incidents. I don't know why this is the first one that hit me, and this was kind of a while ago, though. But, um, yeah, it's always like you got one ear on the Holy Spirit and another ear on whatever, you know, is going on in the world. You don't want to be so heavenly-minded, you're no earthly good. So you want to be present. Sometimes charismatics are so kooky, they're like in deep space nine, and you got to always kind of find them to bring them back and put their feet on the ground. So you want to be living in, in both worlds, and I think Jesus was practical and he lived in both worlds. But anyways, uh, I was standing in line. I think I was at a Burger King again. <laughs> <laughs> Today's sponsor is brought to you by the Triple Whopper. The Triple Whopper. You just drive by, you can smell them, man. Hashtag gains. <laughs> and as I was waiting in line, the Holy Spirit just started speaking to me about the gal that's behind the register. And, I mean, just gave me a lot of things about her read her mail as we used to say i was i was getting her mail in in my spirit i was finding out things that man I, lord this is crazy so when i go to order i order the food and i say can i uh, can i ask you a question and i started talking to her i asked her you know do you are you a christian i knew she wasn't are you a christian no i'm not well before i got up there the holy spirit spoke to me that she's into witchcraft and that she's a witch and um she's been doing it for a long time but she wants to get out. She's scared. She's pregnant. She, and you couldn't tell that she was, but that she's, she's pregnant and she's worried for her baby that this may have like some negative implications on it. And she's trying to get out and she shared with some folk in her, 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 her coven that she wants out and then they're after her kind of deal. I got a lot of that when I was waiting in line and I asked her, are you a Christian? No, I'm not. Da, 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 da. I says, well, do you, you, you seem like you're spiritual, religious and everything. Oh, yeah, I believe in this, this, this. And she eventually divulges that she's a witch. And then I started sharing with her. I said, well, since you're a witch, you know that uh, you can hear things from the spirit, from a spirit. God spoke to me about you, that uh, you're with child and you want to get out of this thing. And you're scared. And she says, she was just started crying because that was a release. That was her tension is how do I get out of this? Uh, not that I want to become a Christian, but I just, I want to get out of this life because I don't think this is good for my, my kid. And she started crying. And she told me that, uh, that they, they, they want her dead. They're trying to kill her mm. um, and curse her. And at that point, I started to share with her about Jesus. Now, um, I wasn't able to lead her to the Lord because, you know, you get the people, ah, excuse me, we want to order, you know. So you, you don't want to be that, you want to be that Christian in Jesus' eyes, but you don't want to be that Christian in the world's eyes. And so I, you know, took her number and that sort of thing. But I uh, was able to share the gospel with her and speak some supernatural words of knowledge to her to let her know that God is real because a lot of people in the occult do not want to give up the occult because they don't want to give up the power. Yeah. And usually the stuff that's going on in the church has nothing to... And I don't mean this that it's a, it's a bartering exchange thing, but there's nothing that, for them in terms of power. Now, that's not why we go to serve Jesus. I know that. But those are some of the signs and wonders that attract people in the cult to say... Wow, God, that God is powerful too. Because a lot of witches will say to me, "What can your God do for me?" Because mm. I have this, 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 and that, you know. And so when they realize God's got power, now of course it's utilized differently, but it's the real deal. They get attracted. So that that's an example. I mean, you're in the line at Burger King, and God gives you the story of someone's life, 
and you go and read their mail, and they're like, wow, that's supernatural. Your God is real. You're not, not giving them a track. Come to our church's uh, um, potluck dinner mm. and bring a, a, you know, your favorite casserole. I mean, you can go do that anywhere. That's what most churches have to offer, a potluck dinner. I think a, a big theme that I've been hearing in this conversation so far about walking with the Spirit is uh, learning how to listen to yeah. God, learning how to listen to yes. God. And I know that's been a, a big learning curve in my own life as I've learned to walk in the Spirit is like recognizing that prayer is a, is a two-way sh- conversation. Right, it's not just me just giving a list to God, but right. you can actually learn to discern His voice. And yes. so I thought maybe it might be good for us to just talk real practically about that, because that's not everyone's experience to to be standing in line and having God sort of download all that information about someone. That's kind of off off the the radar of what a lot of people are are used to. But the way that you got to that place. Um, and I've just been learning this more and more in the last five years of myself, is uh, it you have to practice listening to God. Yes. And it's, it's got to become a regular habit. It's got to become a regular thing. And, and I think there's some practical steps that you can take, you know, to start doing that. Uh, one of the things that helped me, and I still do this, is, uh, is journaling. Mm. When I would start to, if I felt like, yes. in a, when we say like hearing from God, uh, most often what people are describing is not an actual audible voice. Right. I mean, Very rare. That, that's not been the experience for me. Often what we're describing when we say we're hearing from God is uh, there's a few different ways that that can come, at least that I've experienced. can become a, a thought that sort of drops into your mind that you sort of think, where did that come from? Like that, I don't, that didn't really... That seems like it came from somewhere else. Like, I don't know that I, I was... I wasn't thinking about that. Why am I thinking about that person? Or why do I feel all of a sudden like a compulsion to do this? Mm-hmm. And then discerning, is that God that's trying to tell me something? So it's like a thought. Uh, sometimes it can become... I sort of describe it like, like an unction, like a... Like there's this like urge, like I can't let this go. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm just... I'm supposed to go here. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to call this person. I can't. I don't know why I keep thinking about this. It just keeps coming. Mm-hmm. So there's like an unction. Uh, sometimes it uh, can be like an image that kind of right. comes in your in your mind. Right. Um, right. It depends on how people are wired. I look yeah. at it as the gifts of the Holy Spirit will be, will come into you. You're the receptor. You're the you're the receiver based on how God's wired you to receive. So just like there's different personality types, there's different learning styles, there's different gift learning styles, the way we receive things. So the way you're wired, the way you uh, learn, God will speak to you in your individual personal receptor language because he's trying to make it easy. He's not trying to make it hard. He doesn't want you to miss the message, so he'll speak in your own terms. So if you're a visual person, you may get word pictures. If you're a literal person, you know, you may see words. You know, if you're a relational person, you may feel something. God wires us and gives us a specific language on how to receive based on our personality type, based on the gifts he's given us. And so sometimes people have more predilection towards the visual. Others may sense them or feel. Some people, you know, sometimes smell things, hear things. I think all the spirit, all the senses become activated by the spirit, and your personality gets charged with the spirit. And so they'll, you'll have to find the unique way in which God speaks to you. And that's development. And like anything else, here's the thing when people get wrong with the gifts of the spirit. They think that you have to be perfect right away. 
yeah. where that is not how we learn anything else in life. Everything mm-hmm. we learn in life is developmental. Everything you have to develop in the gifts, and you need a you need a mentor who's able to train you, teach you what word of knowledge is, what word of wisdom is, pray for you to get it, and then give you a safe place where you can exercise and practice that gift under accountability before you're released because you need to develop that gift and train it just like anything else you exercise that gift of hearing you need someone there to test the spirit for you to say well i think you got part of it i think that may be a little off maybe you need to pray a little more about that we do not have a culture to train people safely in an apprenticeship model on how to hear the voice of god especially uh training them specifically to know who they are their personality and whatnot, how they're wired, and then expect to hear God on that specific channel because that's how you normally learn. That's what discipleship means. It's a learning process. The root word in disciple, mathetes, means to learn. So you got to grow and develop and learn in these things, and our leaders are so far behind in how to train people to tell them, hey, here's what your, you know, your learning style is in the spirit, and here's how you can expect to hear God. Because often what will happen is the mistake of the inexperienced, like Samuel, he was in the tabernacle, and uh, he heard a voice, and he didn't know what it was. He thought it was Samuel. So he uh, made a mistake and thought, that, was, that couldn't have been God. That's got to be something familiar, like me or like Samuel. And he missed it. And Samuel, after, you know, or, um, uh, Eli. Uh, Eli, after three times, said, that was God. Go back in and listen. You know, that wasn't just something that's just so familiar you dismiss it. So I think that is key is you yeah. need someone to train you on how to hear God's voice in that kind of way. And don't dismiss the familiarity because the familiarity is how God speaks to you. And I, I want to make sure I don't want to miss that we just get in a couple basic parameters. And I think I know most I people out there. No, most people know this. But I mean, mm. uh, first, like as we're learning to hear from God, God never contradicts himself. Right. So the, the Holy Spirit is is God. We believe in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And so the, the if the spirit if you believe the spirit is speaking to you, it will never contradict uh, the word of God, which he inspires, which and he breathed and wrote. That's right. And so this is not an excuse to just like go off on any whim. Like, well, that's what God told me. A lot of stuff, uh, you know. People blame God for a lot right, of stuff right. that's not God. Right. You know. So that's one. Uh, two, I think it's really important. A Christian community is essential in this. You're talking about this as far as the development goes. Right. As I, to test the, the, the more I'm learning to hear from God, the more I'm talking to other people about this. This is what I feel like God was was nudging me. This is what I feel like God was saying. What is? What do you think? Does that? You know, you're starting to you get the input of others, and and a lot of times you're like, you know, well, that, to me that sounds like the character of God. That sounds like something God right. would do. Right. You know, and and, and they can right. help you know bring the tree by the fruit, right. confirmation and all of that. So. I just want to make sure we get some of those basic parameters because we're not talking about just going off into la-la land and doing whatever you want. It's got to be based on the Word of God. It's got to be based on the character of God. We covered a lot of ground in a very limited amount of time. This is like fire hose. Holy Spirit learning. Yes, I love it. Um, Next episode, we're going to talk about what it means to lead a culture of uh, a spirit-led culture. So we're going to go from personal to corporate. But Maggie, I was hoping that you could close us out by casting a vision, kind of like what what is our prayer as a ministry and as a group of spirit-filled people? Uh, what's our prayer for the, the person who's listening who wants more? Gosh, okay. 
I mean, I think our prayer for the person who's listening who wants more is first and foremost to know that it's there and that it has always been for you. That that if you are walking with the Lord, if you're a Christian, that this isn't a, a special thing that's only for special people. This is this is your inheritance in Christ, and that He um, that He has set this inheritance aside for you because He loves you, and the only thing you need to do is to, as you know, Doctor B said it earlier, lay down the thing that is preventing you from from having it lay that down surrender and receive it and trust that God is gracious and that he will lead you and help you grow in a way that is is not demeaning or humiliating you know you're allowed to learn you're allowed to make mistakes and I mean more than anything else the life in the spirit is really all about understanding how much the Lord loves you and how he wants you to live in that love and demonstrate it and, and show other people. It's, it's really not complicated. So I don't know. That's my prayer. Friends, we're so thankful to be with you guys today. We hope you found this as uh, fun and informational as we did. We love recording these for you. We love having you a part of the spirit and truth uh, community, do us a favor, head over to Facebook and check out the Spirit and Truth Facebook page. We've got a great group there called the Living the Faith Group. We'll talk about this when this episode drops. And remember, we want to help you be empowered by the Spirit, rooted in the truth, and mobilized for the mission. We'll connect with you guys real soon. That's been our episode for today, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And it is the highest compliment you can pay us when you share this episode with your friends. For more information about Spirit and Truth, head on over to our website, spiritandtruth.life. There you will find information about the ministry as well as about our upcoming conference in Dayton, Ohio, March 9th through 11th. Remember spiritandtruth.life slash conference. Sign up today.